Hi, hello. Welcome to the episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is September the 21st, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. We're hanging out on this Thursday evening. Overall, this has been a pretty good day. No complaints. Uh, it's been pretty uh, copacetic, if you will. And uh, yeah, now I'm just here getting ready to talk to you guys about some news today. Um, but yeah, let me take my typical startup. We can just go ahead and get right into it. I won't delay you. All right, all right, all right. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's what Showtime tastes like. Okay. Whew. From the BBC. Tokoron Prison. Venezuela regains control of a gang-run jail with pool and zoo. Uh, so, already you got my attention. <coughs> Venezuela says it regained control... It has regained control of a notorious jail which had been under the control of the powerful Trinde Aragua Aragua criminal gang. Some 11,000 security personnel were deployed to Tokoron Prison, which had been run by inmates for years. Prisoners were able to roam freely inside the penitentiary, which had hotel-like facilities, including a pool, nightclub, and a mini-zoo. So fucking cool. I'm sorry. I don't care. I know maybe some people are like, what? No, a prison shouldn't have all that. You just have three hots and a cot. Man, fuck that shit. Let the motherfuckers run an asylum if they put that shit in, for sure. <laughs> Let's see. The interior interior minister said the jail would be completely cleared. So I think eventually they just said, look, enough's enough. This has been going on for years. Um, I know it's been something that they've been kind of clowned upon, you know, uh, just in the government, things like that. Like, we have to do something about this. They're like the prisoners are running the asylum, the lunatics are running the asylum. You know what I mean? It just it's it's a black eye. I feel like for a country to have a prison in this kind of situation. I will say the whole thing. I know I've, I've kind of referenced narcos maybe a little bit uh, too much. I don't know, but uh, it, it reminded me of like the Pablo Escobar season where he's locked up and they're like yeah okay fine y'all got me i'll go to jail but like i'm gonna like make the jail live in the jail with my crew we're gonna do our shit that's gonna be what it is and they're like okay fine as long as you're in jail as long as we get to say you're in jail so that's kind of what it felt like um essentially this is a very powerful gang they ran the whole thing uh they, they literally have so much shit in the zoo or in this prison um there is a map that's on the bbc uh article that i would definitely suggest just you look at because I feel like if you've ever seen a sky shot of a prison, even like it just it just looks just like a certain kind of way. And this is not like a prison from the sky view. Um, there are prison blocks. Excuse me. Then there are some shacks. Oh, also, I should add, um, not only were the prisons here, the prisoners here, they are also able to have their like partners and spouses there. People could kind of come and go as they please, which is obviously the very lax part. Because I think at the end of the day, the tangential part is it's like, look, all the prisoners are 
in prison, if you know what I mean. So it's like, at least they're away. But really, this is just like a prison city. So essentially, like the prisoners have taken themselves out of society, if you will, but they've made a new enclave here and they're still running crime. They're still doing their fucking shit inside this prison. Um, it's just essentially more or less the government has just abandoned it and, and left it to the prisoners to run it. And they ran it very well, which is, I don't know, there's just something so surreal about this that I, I just can't look away from with a smile. I'm sorry. Uh, let me keep describing it. So yeah, there's prison blocks, there's the shacks, there's a whole ass baseball field. Looks legit as fuck. Um, mini zoo and stables for the horses, which they ran and did horse bets on, I believe. That's pretty fucking interesting. There you go. A swimming pool and a children's play area. So, I mean, this had all the amenities. Um, but yeah, I mean, essentially, government said enough's enough. We're cracking down on this shit. Um, I know that, um, there are still prisoners who escaped, um, and are at large now. I know some are being transferred. Their family are kind of waiting for that whole process to kind of take place. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just found this shit interesting. Uh, I mean, truthfully, this almost feels like some utopian thing. I don't know. Like, if you can have a situation where you just have prisoners able to just be like, look, you guys are here. You made a fucking fuck up. You got to be away from society for a while. Like, but we aren't trying to, like, literally make you less than zero. We want you to build and grow. I would like something like that. You know, I know that there are, um, I think, like, some Dutch or Netherlands countries that have, like, a thing. And, and, I, and I've heard, like, literally my coworkers complain about it. Like, you know, in some countries, they, like, let you play PlayStation while you're in jail? Ugh. Yeah, dude. Like, they, they treat you like a human being and they give you some amenities. They give you a fucking, like, it's it's like being mad at, like, prisoners even in America being, like, allowed to have a fucking TV and they're, they're um their room like what do you what do you want do you want them to be living in a coffin like is i don't know man people want the most inhumane shit and then that just helps them sleep at night i guess i don't know but i i did find this interesting i wanted to just kind of mention that uh talk about it a little bit i know i kind of went on a little bit of adventure there we can move along we're still in in uh venezuela though uh let's keep it there from rooters well actually it's it's us to venezuela it's a bit of a connection uh, U.S. offers work permits to half a million Venezuelans already in the country. Now, this is a dub from the Biden administration, if you ask me. I know conservatives will say, no, no way. You should, like, uh, kick them out or kill them. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what conservatives want these days. Uh, if they just want to turn people into goo because they are different than them, I, I don't know what they want. But anyway, the U.S. will grant temporary deportation relief and access to work permits to nearly half a million Venezuelans already in the country, U.S. officials said on Wednesday, a move that follows calls by Democrats to help uh, newly arrived migrants work legally. Now that I say this out loud, I can kind of see how it's worded already, that probably this is just for the people here. If you're any kind of new migrant, which is, uh, it's been an uptick, uh, kind of been listening, uh, like start here, various you know, new stuffs. Essentially, there's been an ebb, which, of course, you know, once again, not much news media, not much coverage has been on, like, look, the Biden crackdown on in, on migration, on illegal immigration has been a thing. It's been working to an effect. I've mentioned that, like, several fucking times. But that being said, there's an inevitable curve that kind of happens where it's like, yes, there will be an ebb and there'll be a flow. And now that we're kind of moving into the fall times, the weather is more bearable in that area. 
for uh, for transit. So people are kind of saying, hey, if we're going to make this happen, we're going to make this happen. Now there are, um, what is it, uh, conservatives out there who are like, yeah, if you're going to make this uh, work permit thing a thing, you're promoting uh, people to, you know, try to migrate. They're going to try to make this happen now because you made this a thing. But inevitably, people are going to do this no matter what. There's an ebb and there's a flow. I, I just, I, it's annoying that people can literally look at graphs, look at charts, look at the fucking data, and it shows this shit, but they're going to ignore that because it's like, look, I want to stoke the vibes. That's really what I want to do here. Um, but that being said, um, 472,000 Venezuelans in the U.S. on or before July 31st will now be eligible for temporary protected status for a period of 18 months. Some 243,000 Venezuelans already have the status stemming from 2021 designation that was renewed last year. Excuse me. Now, this is something that even um, Eric Adams, uh, who is a Democratic mayor in New York, has been clamoring for uh, with the whole busing from like southern states and other the conservative states like saying, oh, we're going to take migrants to these liberal bastions and like make it their problem so they understand what we're dealing with and going through. Uh, essentially, Eric Adams has just been like, yeah, you know what? Biden, do something. Do something. Do something. <laughs> he's just fucking, he's just screaming. He's losing his mind about it. Um, so this has been one of the things that he's been asking for. It's like, look, we are putting people in these situations where like we are trying to do our best to shelter them, house them. But like they need more opportunities so that they can potentially get out of the situation they're in and like alleviate this problem that we have that is becoming like overburgeoning. So um, uh, this seems to line up really well. Uh, once again, it's a good dub for our uh, Dark Brandon, you know, if you will. Uh, he's been kind of hurting, I guess, in the poll. That's the thing I love about this. We, we are already talking about the election in 2024, even though, you know, that shit is, you know, it's, it's ways away. But at the end of the day, we are looking at the polls. We're saying, oh, shit, Biden's hurting. Things are problematic for him. Like, so this is a good W. This is something that, you know, I think people are, are overall happy to maybe see. Uh, unless you are conservative because you're like, well, once again, why haven't you fucking kicked them out? Like, why haven't you fucking turned them into goo yet? Like, you know, they're going to stay mad. They're going to die mad. Um, also, a bit of tangent, a um, bit of old news I kind of wanted to inject here. The murder buoys that have been in, um, I believe, what is it, the Rio Grande in Texas, those um, technically shouldn't be there now legally by a judge. It has been ruled that those are not good. Those are like, you know, bad things. They should be taken away. Um, but there's been a temporary stay on that ruling, so they're still a thing. So that's why I didn't cover it. But I figured, you know, hey, we're talking about migration. Why the hell not? Go ahead and mention that as well while we're on the subject. All right, let's move along, though. From ABC News, Alex Murdaugh pleads guilty to 22 counts of financial fraud and money laundering. All right. Um, so, yeah, we're back on Murdaugh, the gift that keeps on giving, the, uh, the you know, the fucking deep fried fucking froster, uh, disgraced attorney, oh, and murderer, I should say, <laughs> uh, disgraced attorney Alex Murdaugh pleaded guilty to 22 counts of financial fraud and money laundering in federal court on Thursday. He's been totally cooperative and apologized to the victims of his theft. Murdoch's lawyer, Dick Harpleton. <laughs> what a fucking name. 
I'm sorry, but local snake oil salesmen of, you know, the old world, old your dick horror pool attention totally been a thing. Like, I mean, also a lawyer, <laughs> also a defense lawyer. Awesome. That's so great. Um, yeah, so he, he says it. This is, we believe, the first step for putting him in putting this behind him. He did not argue with a single fact. He did not argue with me to push back on any allegation. Um, but at the same time, they are also contesting that he did not murder his wife and his child. That did not happen. He did not blow them away on some like family annihilator shit because his crimes had just overwhelmed him. That's not, that's bullshit. And also they are trying to get an appeal because of, uh, I believe like some kind of clerk, uh, you know, court error or something like that. Uh, if there's if there's anything shaken there, we'll we'll definitely cover that. But um, let's see. And his wife was Maggie, and his youngest son Paul. Um, and you can't forget Buster, who is you know I, you know still alive, but you know uh, another part of the family, a whole other set of crimes. God, I, I, I'm sorry, I just cannot stop talking about the Murdoch. I'm kind of glad they're back in the fucking scene for whatever reason. And, and and it's good because at least this is them. It's him owning up to it. Like this man, literally is potentially involved in someone's like mother dying and then he's like oh yeah i'll help you guys with that like you know we're that was our our maid you know we're so sad and and saddened by this loss and we're gonna like fucking you know make sure you get your money in this whole settlement and he siphoned all that money to him and his friend you know what i mean so murdoch's a piece of shit fuck him he deserves to be in prison for a fucking life as far as i'm concerned and not a cool prison with a fucking baseball field and goddamn horses uh, butt pound in jail. That's what I want Murdoch to go to. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm off book. Um, let's see here. Um, in May, a federal grand jury returned a 22-count indictment against the former lawyer for bank fraud, wire fraud, money laundering, and conspiracy to commit wire fraud and bank fraud. He's a busy guy. <laughs> The indictment accused Murdoch, 54 years old, of engaging in three different schemes to obtain money and property from his personal injury clients while he was working as a personal injury attorney at his Hampton, South Carolina law firm between 2005 and 2021. I also have to remind the audience that the Murdoch, like, like the family, like, them is just like a, a crime, uh, not a crime, but a law firm was very noted. They were like, just like, kings of like south carolina i don't know like this was an empire type shit so they were able to literally get away with shit like murder for the longest time and you know there there'd be podcasters journalists people trying to talk about this shit and they would get silenced by the by literally the murder family um so that is another reason why i just can't look away from this shit i love talking about it because it really is like these are the kind of people that were able to just claw their ways to the tippy tops so they felt and thought they were untouchable for it for it and um i'm glad that at least you know some karma's fucking working you know what i mean um you know it's more than a cat in taylor swift's lap uh but let's see the schemes involved routing client settlements funds to his own accounts as well as to a fake account under the name forge what a fucking piece of shit. Forge, like forgery. Um, as well as conspiring with a banker to commit wire fraud and bank fraud. The banker, Russell Lafayette, Lafayette? Guys, I hope it's Lafayette, Lafayette, 
what a southern fried name, uh, was convicted on six federal charges in connection with the schemes in November of 2022. Uh, the indictment further alleged that Murdoch conspired with another personal injury attorney to defraud the estate of his former housekeeper, Gloria Satterfield, who died after a fall at Murdoch's home. I feel like you should gotta say allegedly here. I don't know. Maybe that's the podcaster in me. But I mean, he like he. I just feel like he was responsible. I feel like someone was responsible for that family. But like, no. According to this, she just fell. It was an accident. I don't fucking know. Allegedly, here we go. There is an alleged prosecutors alleged Murdoch. Oh, it's a different alleged for a different thing. Uh, prosecutors alleged Murdoch funneled nearly three point five million dollars into his fake account, his forge account. Uh, for his own personal enrichment and for the homies. Okay. Obviously, I added for the homies. <sighs> so, yeah. Fuck this guy. Uh, that's more or less where we're at with it. Where the Murdoch legacy has led us so far. I'll definitely try to keep you posted on anything else I find. Dig up. Also, I, I cannot impress this enough. Uh, just once again in the feedback section, I know I'm kind of jumping the horse here. But if you guys ever hear any news on, on shit I've covered before or what have you, and you think it's juicy for me, or any new news, please hit me up, please, I love talking about this shit, you never know, you might be getting a shout on the podcast just for doing that if you like, you know what I mean, call it a news bounty, call it a news roundup if you will, I don't know, I, I just love talking about news, and sometimes I miss things, and sometimes it's good to get feedback that like, these are stories that you care about too, that I talk about, I feel like that's like, because I don't want to just speak about these things and it's just like, oh, blah, yeah, another person, blah, blah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if it matters to you, it matters to me, of course. So, you know, let's talk about it. Let's chop it up. Get communal with it. All right, I have one more thing to cover. So let me go ahead and take my break. I feel like I almost have like the zoomies right now. I feel like, oh, I'm talking too fast. I don't know. <laughs> I gotta slow it down. Slow down the tempo. What can I say? I'm just excited to talk to you guys about news. Oh, yeah. Okay. Our last article is from Dazed. And we're talking about fashion. This is so unfair. Thieves steal Balmain's upcoming collection. A delivery truck carrying the house's SS24, season 24 collection was hijacked en route to Balmain headquarters, with thieves snatching over 50 pieces from their upcoming PFW show. On Saturday, Balmain creative director Oliver Rousting, who is in my thumbnail, uh, took to Instagram to report a fashion crime, which by the way, I need to state here, not to come for days or whatever, and I'm sure they're just being cute, you know, saying fashion crime, but this is not a faux pas. This is not an axe, like an ascot in December, okay? This is real crime. This is a heist, okay? This is the main reason why I love to cover this shit, because hashtag heist, I love a good heist. Also, a little bit, again, on an aside, I'm sorry. Uh, my heist podcast, they came back, and apparently they're making a book. They have an audio book out. I think that's pretty fucking cool. And they did a little half for episode, and I thought that was really cute. So, you know, I just wanted to mention that little podcast dub for myself there this week. But, um, yeah, back to the heist. 
50 of the house's creations for their upcoming Paris Fashion Week, which is PFW. Should have realized that. I'm a stupid head. Um, sh- uh, their show had been stolen. According to Rousing's Post, according to Rousing's Post, he awoke at 9 a.m. on September 16th to begin work on the collection, but was soon informed that a truck carrying the clothing was hijacked by a group of people, and the thieves took off with the whole lot. So many people worked so hard to make this collection happen, he went on, ensuring his followers that we are redoing everything, but this is so, so disrespectful. It'll be a huge task for Rousting and the Balmain team to recreate the entire show before the originally scheduled date of September 27th. But the creative director insists that they will work days and nights to make sure the collection is turned in on time. So obviously it's very fucking unfortunate. It's very fucking sad. Um, you know, you hate to fucking see it. Uh, that being said, I, I do appreciate Rousting for just being like, look, let's just take stock here. Glad that you know, the driver is safe, um, you know, we're gonna get to work, we're gonna make this shit happen, um, you know, more or less ending it with, like, you know, crazy times we're living in, uh, actually, he, he said, uh, this is the world we are living in, you know, it is what it is, it, it sucks, it never feels good to be involved in theft, you know, especially on the wrong end of that fucking shit, it, it feels fucking terrible, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, all you can do is kind of dust yourself off, try again, keep it going, you know, fashion never sleeps, you gotta walk on the walk, I don't know, I'm just kind of talking here, but I'm happy to see them making it happen, and, and it is unfortunate, but these these things are just a part of it, it, it is sadly a breakage fucking scenario, I was listening to a story on the journal talking about just all the theft that happens at like Nike, um, just, you know, over all their shit, um, and, and you hear some of these people cry like, oh, well, this is the reason why, you know, we had to shut down this store. Or this is the reason why this and that happened. And it's so unfortunate that the, like, okay, yeah, you're taking a loss. You're going to have to eat your shirt. That's just, that's just capitalism, baby. I don't know. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's still a heist to me. It's still very interesting. Um, you know, obviously tomato town to the thieves that fucked up. That's fucked up. Don't steal. That's whack. Um, you know, and, and, it, and it's a weird situation too. I was listening on start here and, and it was kind of laid out. It's like, look, you're stealing these, this, like this pioneering fashion. Like these, like this is its own iconic brand. You can't just like move it. You can't. And it's not like a, it's not like gold. You can't melt it down. So like, how are you going to sell this without it being immediately traced back to you is kind of a mystery. We'll see how that goes. But, um, you know. People are going to steal. That's that's just a fucking thing. Like I said, breakage is real. But yeah, interesting story. We love fashion. We love heist. This they, they, they kissed in this moment, tragically, sadly. So is art. So is the way. But that's all we have. That's the episode today. Uh, I do have to chill a little bit. So bear with me. Patreon.com says Isaiah News. If you'd like to support the effort. If you'd like to become a newsy. That's the thing. I shout you out at the top of the podcast. I plug a project you're on, thing you're doing. And then also free ways to hit me up is IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com. Any kind of feedback you want to send my way, that's an easy way to do it right there. Also on the socials, if you want to find me, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Uh, Let's see here. Please subscribe to the YouTube. means a lot. Trying to boost those numbers up. I'm living in rookie numbers. I got to boost those numbers up. 
Uh, let's see. Please hit the thumbs up. Please comment. Love positive comments. We love good vibes. I love people just hitting me up, blah, blahing. Literally, one of my friends just like hit me up. It's like, I know if I see an unhinged picture meme, I know it's probably you and it's your podcast. And that made me smile. That gave me the giggles. And that made me laugh. So thanks, Mike, you crazy son of a bitch busta. Thank you so much. Heart emoji. Love you. Um, so yeah, you can get an easy shout out just like that, just by being a pal. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have. Uh, thank you so much for being a friend. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know I said it backwards, but hopefully I'll see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.